0: Welcome to another edition of Authorised, the podcast where writers speak. My name is Kevin Hillier, and in this program, we have two great books to look at and three terrific people to talk to who will put these books together. And it's our heroes theme uh, this time around. The two books I'm talking about are one is called Heroes Next Door, and the other is called Kevin Sheedy's Heroes of Footy. So, I'm going to be talking to Kevin Sheedy about uh, his book, which is an absolute beauty and certainly fits that criteria of ideal Christmas gift. 30 Dreamers and Trailblazers who've uh, shaped the game with illustrations by Michael Weldon, who we're also going to talk to in this podcast. And the other book is called Heroes Next Door by Samuel Johnson and uh, Hilda Hinton. So it's the brother and sister combination who've got together to put this book together. Sam, of course, well-known as a Logie-winning actor, a voiceover man and uh, someone who's uh, done some terrific work in the charity area of recent years. And uh, Hilda, his sister's been with him right through all of that. So uh, we'll uh, talk to Hilda a little later on in the program about Heroes Next Door, uh, and they are, it's a wonderful book with some delightful stories, some really inspiring and engaging stories, and we'll get to the background on all that a little later on. Uh, once again, thanks to our great supporters on this podcast. If you're setting your financial plan or your financial goals for uh, for 2021, uh, I've got the people you need to talk to. They're called CS Consulting Group, cscg.com.au. Jump on that website, uh, meet the people involved, and then uh, pick the phone up and, uh, and talk to them on uh, 9974 8333, 9974 8333, that's uh, 03 if you're outside Melbourne and they can help you if you're outside Melbourne Uh, and then uh, set up uh, a meeting and uh, talk to them about what you want to do with your finances in 2021. Uh, and uh, they will look after you. Uh, but let's get to our, uh, our interviews for this week, and we have three of them, as I mentioned. Uh, uh, and first up, of course, uh, the man who is, uh, for many people in this country, one of the great uh, trailblazers and pioneers and uh, innovative thinkers of the game of AFL footy. Kevin, it's Kevin Hillier calling. Kevin, how are you, buddy? I'm well, mate. Yourself? Very good. Hanging
1: we're, in there.
0: We're going to have a chat about this wonderful book of yours. Do you like it? Have you had a browse? I do. I've had more than a browse. I think it's beautifully set out. It's uh, it's it catches your eye. It's uh it's succinct. It's uh, it's bloody terrific. I love it.
1: Well, I hope so. I hope the kids, and grandparents, and parents can sit down and read how some kind of the courage shown by a lot of different people when they're rejected or you know they have to wait or you know they come from all different sort of places in Australia and around the world. You know.
0: When I read this book, um, and I started as you do, you you flip through it, but then I then I read it. It took me back. It it transported me back to to me and a, 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 as a kid thinking about what I wanted to do. And is that is that one of the things you wanted to capture in this book?
1: Absolutely, uh, you're spot on on uh, on that, uh, Kevin. Because look, I grew up in the fifties when no one had anything, obviously, and you thought you wonder oh, how who am I? What am I? And, yeah. You know, you just. Sometimes hard to go back to find out when you started dreaming, isn't it? You know. So anyway, look. that uh, I'll put it. It's a risk for a seventy-two-year-old ex coach, to start putting <laughs> thoughts and plans and ideas for kids dreaming today. But when I do go to schools, I always ask in the primary schools, in particular, younger, like fourth grade and back to kindergarten. Has anybody been dreaming lately? Well, I'm telling you, a hundred percent put their hand up. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, if you did walk into a bunch of fifty-year-olds and sixty-year-olds, they say this guy is um, he's not well. We don't let our emotions and thoughts roll out too easily as we get older, do we?
0: No, that's true.
1: It's there for kids, but it's all so there to connect dads and mums and grandparents to read for their kids.
0: Well, the lovely connection for me with you is that you're still, in many ways, the lolly boy at the 1958
1: uh, grand final, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, my word, I am, and. Uh, 1958 is two years after we got television. Yeah. And that, by my eyes to the world, obviously. Um, not that you had a TV by then in 1956, but the Olympic Games was just an incredible period. Um, as a matter of fact, my, you know, just going through this year, to be honest, you know, COVID-19 reminded me of the 1950s when you had nothing. Yeah. It didn't go anywhere. Six o'clock closing, not that we drank. You'd be told to be home early in, for dinner, and that was it because you'd be trying to find something to do. And yet it, it, we didn't have TV,
0: you
1: know. So, so, it, uh, and the best place in town was, uh, coming out of Prem, was uh, Faulkner Park in the Botanic Garden.
0: Yeah, and playing footy with your, with your brother Patrick uh, with a football yeah. made out of paper.
1: Well, that's the way it was. You know, no-one no one owned the football, God. You know, and then even when I went into AFL or VFL in those days, the development officer, it took me a couple of years to get the balls back from the large size footy back to kids' size so their hands wouldn't get hurt. So that took about four years with Sheridan Faulkner. All these little footies you see out there running there with Dad and the kids in the backyard, that took five years.
0: Yeah, Uh, well worth it, though.
1: Yeah, but the book in itself is um, a connection between international people getting to know our
0: game and, and playing it magnificently yeah and the uh, the the length and breadth not only geographically but in in all ways that this book covers is quite amazing from from you know from Canada uh, America Ireland um, the the Tiwe islands dimbola i mean uh, god knows uh, our game a game yes our game is quite amazing when you look at it in that perspective
1: well I said, look, I just I want a map put in. They said, You want to put a map in a kid's book? <laughs> you know, yeah. And I want the flag of the other countries, obviously. So you get to know the Ukraine and Austria that where Jezaliko's trends come from. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Victoria, Canada. And of course Texas where Mason Cox is. Mike Fox's an amazing story. Yeah. Playing rugby for Scotland. And Michael Berner Hawthorne written and said, Mate, you should play AFL. You've got the body, the fitness, the athleticism. They said some video clips over to um, Paul Ruse, and you know, four years later, he's in the best six in the grand final.
0: Yeah, that is quite amazing story. You managed to work your little mate Kevin Bartlett in there too, which I think is thoroughly deserved.
1: Well, I, I try to put everybody in that a small, skinny. Tubby <laughs> You know, the whole lot I mean when you look at Caleb Daniel from Bow Desert.
0: Oh yes. I've any
1: players come out of Bow Desert at five foot three and, and made all Australian this year. This is what I mean, I did this started doing this book in the first half of the year to get done by the, the second half and here's Caleb Daniel. He should be riding a horse in the Melbourne Cup, you know? <laughs> yeah, Anyway, he's he born in Bode Desert, goes down to Adelaide, finds a coach his own size. I think it was Brad Gotch and uh, they could talk eye to eye. Yes, yes. Yeah, maybe South Adelaide. And uh, he ends up making an all-Australian player and he's probably got, at the moment, I think he's got the best disposal percentage rate in AFL.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he's a wonderful little player. That's the other thing about this too. We mentioned the the geographic uh, boundaries, but in actual uh, sporting abilities, I mean, you've got players who've got natural ability, players who play on spirit, uh, uh, players with enormous courage. They all have a different little ingredient that they they bring to the table for the kids to read about.
1: The three women that I put in the book have got incredible stories like Erin Phelps. I mean, her career in basketball, absolutely sensational. And the cross-codes and come back in and become the best football in AFLW, and then you got you know Daisy. Well, she interviews herself in the book because he's <laughs> also a great AFL women's player, but also a now a TV commentator. So I thought we had a bit of fun with that one. Yep, Bashir Hurley, like Bashir Hurley. You got know, the things that you realise when you talk to these families. And Bashir said, "Look, my my parents came out and went home." Actually, also happened to our Fijian boy, Nick Nananui. Yep. They come out, went to West Sydney, didn't like, went home, and then ended up going to Perth to live. So these are second efforts by the parents, and their stories in in themselves are just absolutely incredible. Really, when you think about how the family handles all of these sorts of things, where you know us born here, we just take it for granted, don't we?
2: Yeah.
1: You got a kick, a hundred and seventy-eight centimetre, fantastic player for Richmond. This girl, she's going to live in. a refugee, camp in Kenya for eight years before, nine years before she come to Australia. Yep. And now she she's a, a fantastic player for Richmond. Cut out of the I think, dropped by Carlton, and then now plays for Richmond. What a marvellous effort by these three women, you know.
0: Yeah. And that, and that's that's the other thing that is to, that is changing. I guess one of the biggest changes you would have seen in in your time in football is the emergence of uh, of female players, administrators. And the, and the whole fact that the women now are such, and they always have been, but they're now an integral part of the game in, in many other areas they've never been in before.
1: Well, we've, we've got an AFL woman who's now the Governor of Victoria. Yeah. Linda Dessau. So she's on the AFL Commission. She's you now Governor. Yep. <laughs> I love it. you got Peggy O'Neill that just, just accidentally nearly won four premierships in a row and she's born in America. That's so it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I, look, by books, I'm trying to connect Mum and Dad to read to the kids about these... Fantastic little stories. You can do two two before they go to bed of a night. Tom yeah. explains how they walk through it. Even you know, young Mitchell at Hawthorne, I mean, the doors, the actual artwork is is really fantastic because um, with uh, Mitchell, he, he was not that that many doors shut on him. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> our artist got that perfectly right. You know, no, no not good enough. Sorry, don't so think he's good enough. Every draft he went to, so so he just kept walking through the doors.
0: Just, yeah. Yep, the five. Yeah. I think it's five doors in the in the uh, in the illustration. I'm going to talk to Michael Weldon, the illustrator, as well as as part of this program because I think he's done a superb job. I, uh, the Jack Rewalt one with Jack Knock for the singer, the singer of the band stuff. He's just he's he's captured beautiful little moments uh, in the personality of these people. That's the other thing too. Each one of these people you're talking about, they're not only sporting heroes. They've actually got a personality that that is is large as life as well.
1: Well, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lose Dusty and these people, you know. Like, that's why I kept – Jezelenko to me, was just an incredible name when I was playing. I said, I've never heard of a name like Gesalenko. Yeah. And even brassy I thought, well, yeah, that's close to, you know, Barabbas next to Christ on the cross, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, but I've never heard of Gesalenko. What is that? You know, and of course, after the war years, many Polish people and many people from Europe had to come out here and settle and, and help build um, – same mountain scape, which is in and that's probably where the Jesulinkos ended up in Canberra.
0: Yep. Uh, t- take me to the Kevin Sheedy whiteboard. Uh, do, you've got thirty in the book. How many were on the whiteboard uh, for uh, pre-selection?
1: Uh, many. You know, I was trying to blend it with Australia. Yep. And uh, where people are born, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get young kids at ten, yep. a year, say five, and get them into books more and a lot quicker than I did. To me, a book in your hands is still the best way, I believe. You know? Yeah, I um, agree. I spend you know, a lot of money on bookstore. I've got a fantastic library here at home, and um, and that connects me with what I didn't get at education at school because I had to leave school early because Dad was dying and sort of thing. And um, yeah. Anyway, so I've educated myself when I left school, and I think that you should keep developing yourselves, and that's what I do when I talk to companies. You know, the, the important thing about keep developing yourself, no matter what position in the workplace you are.
0: A book's a, a book's a thing, and and this might sound silly, but for me, a book's a thing that you can kind of hug. It's 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 got that feel yeah. about it. Well, you can't hug well, a, you is. can't hug a computer.
1: Very <laughs> uh, that's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, but I'm the other person sits and writes on TV, watching how actors act and what they say, and the directors and the producers in their performance when they get Academy Awards why were they awarded that, how great is the movie and the way they did that movie. And um, the literature that comes out of a a movie is what I'm interested in because they're brilliant people also. Yep. And the book writers, so, you know, some of the greatest books are, are movies now, aren't they? Yeah, you know, true, so. very true. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a really great connection It can stimulate people and this is about inspiration and aspiration, you know. Yep, yep. The uh, people from all over Australia, I mean – Anybody from anywhere can make it, is what I say in the introduction, basically.
0: Yeah. I, I, one of the things I like, too, is the fact, even though the book's called The Heroes of Footy, you've you've described the 30 people in the book as dreamers and trailblazers, and that's exactly what they are.
1: Yeah, well, look, I, I think that, you know, don't get put down, and you'll get told no a lot of times when you're trying to do something new. Don't lose your direction because somebody may not agree with you. A great idea, place seven years' time. Yeah. Just park it there, put it on the bus stop and um and bring it back when you need to. And I've had to do that with, you know, hand day and drink time. Yeah. You know, it's just a while to get them done, but they were probably in the in the in the cupboard, you know, just grooming itself for ready and the timing and the timing in them was probably pretty well right. Yeah.
0: It? There's no use by date on a great idea, but there's a, a when to use a date on a on a great idea. One thing, one thing that you're very clever at doing, and you've done it beautifully in this book, is subtly introduce little themes uh, in in it. Like uh, the two things that that caught me in this one is never, never hide your dreams, and don't be afraid of hearing the word no. No, yes, and of course that was about my
1: son when he wanted a photo with Muhammad Ali. Yes. Yes. And um, he got the photo because I said, well, all well, right, we'll get on the plane tonight, go back to Australia. You'll never know whether we we'll
0: would have said yes. Yep. Don't be afraid of no. It's a good lesson to learn.
1: Don't be offended by it. You know, I mean, I've been told that times no. Obviously, um, in your life, whether it's coaching, playing, or, you know, mate, when you went to a dance, you probably got told time, <laughs> 10 times, 20 times a night. No, not, not, no, not yet. Maybe one day. Yeah. When you dance and you can't dance. No. You get told no early, don't you? Yes, you do.
0: You mentioned uh, when you talk about uh, Anthony uh, Tip and Woody, his joy for the game is in his heart. Are you a little worried that there's not enough of the modern players with that, and the, the, we've, we're corpora- corporatizing the game a little bit too much these days, Kev?
1: Look, we we, we have that uh, at times. What what happens is that the players can generally work through that and work out what they need to be able to do. And i have seen to, you know. The Cubs, I've been involved in, and still with Richmond, obviously, and, and the Mighty Bombers and the Giants, but, you know, let the people get to love the players and the players get to love the people. It's all about people. Yep. Sponsors are important, but, you know, they're not totally the game. To me, it's about developing a person that, that actually people want to go and see play, you know. I mean, people want to go and see Dusty Martin play, Of course they do. You know, people want to go and see Wayne Carey and Ablett and Ablett Jr. Carey Ablett Jr. is a classic case. As I said, I went there to a school one, day in DeLonge, And the teacher grabbed me and said, look, have a look at what we're doing. They were doing artwork. This is grade two, I think, or something, or three in a little primary school. Yeah. But they had to draw how they saw Gary Ablett. I've never seen 33 different Gary Ablett. (laughs) (laughs) But here's Gary Ablett. And the kids, you know, they drew him with different colored drawings, whether he had hair or not hair, or you know what I mean?
0: Yep. And you've uh, you've sprinkled uh, your your favourites from your Essendon days uh, Watson, Long, Heard they're, they're sprinkled throughout the book too.
1: Heard and Watson because they're just clean players. You know, there's, there's not really any players in there that are hard nosed, ruthless. You know, it's all about the best players to play the best, excited footy. Have their eye on the ball. You know, and to um, me, that's the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, uh, and I totally agree. Um, and that's a, a the ongoing uh, exciting football thing is being addressed. Uh, you know, almost uh, every second week by the the powers of the game now and changing some rules. Now, just in close, want to get your thoughts on that? Do you still do you still see foot our football game as an, an exciting game to watch nine times out of ten? Not,
1: not as exciting as what it should be. How how do we allow 160 rotations for one team in the game? How does that? Yeah, and people say, oh look, there's too many rule changes. And you know, I said, well then just take off 4.05, don't wear your salt Go back to no hotels open on Sunday, Yeah. Uh, no restaurants. Everything shut Sunday. Catholics, no more meat now. You, you weren't allowed to have meat on Friday's once <laughs> for the Catholics. <laughs> yes. so now you can. Yeah. I mean, make up your mind, folks. You know what I mean? Like, We've had changes all around us all our life. We put the white line on the road. Thank God they did. <laughs> I think that if you don't change, you'll get changed.
0: Yes. Yes, that's it. Some amazing.
1: way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, as I say to my wife, I didn't know that was on the marriage contract. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't uh, tell me that on the back of it. <laughs> you got to look at life with a bit of humour, don't you? Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: No, it's a lovely book. Uh, the terrific and uh, great Christmas uh, present. I, I mean, that's a, a, a much hackneyed phrase, but uh, it really uh, is a terrific book. Uh, really well done. Michael Weldon's done a, an enormous job with the uh, with the illustrations, and uh, and your bits are, are pretty bloody good too, Kev.
1: Uh, look, I really Tony Lockett's character uh, is incredible because he's got two greyhounds with the, with yeah. the goals on both places. Yes, and the colours. Everybody has a, another part of their life, don't they?
0: Uh, congratulations on yet another book uh, to add to the uh, the ever growing collection uh, that that never stops and uh, and long may it rain. Good on you, Kev. Thanks for your time, mate. Thank you,
1: thank thank you very kindly, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys it when they get it. Ah.
0: Kevin Sheedy always has an interesting uh, take on everything and this book is an absolute beauty. I I must admit I fell in love with this book. I thought it was uh, absolutely brilliant. Kevin Sheedy's Heroes of Footy. We'll talk to the illustrator uh, who we mentioned there, Michael Weldon. He's coming up a little later on. Uh, But coming up now is the second book that we're talking about today and it's called Heroes Next Door. It's by Samuel Johnson and uh, Hilda Hinton, that's Samuel's sister, uh, you'll know Samuel is a, a Logie-winning actor, played Molly in that uh, television series, and he's a terrific actor uh, and a really good human being, as is his sister. And we'll meet her now because he's going to be talking about uh, this book, uh, which is a, a collection of stories about uh, heroes. They are heroes, but they're not the heroes with capes on and they're not the heroes with football jumpers on. They're the ones that live maybe in the house next door to you.
3: These are the real heroes, yeah. and they're everywhere, and they, uh, yeah, it takes takes a little bit to coax them out under the from under the shadows, too.
0: Yeah. Take us back and tell us how, how this started, because it started with a bloke called Max. It did.
3: So, I was going around Australia with my brother Sam on a fundraising tour for Love Your Sister, yep. and in between all the events, uh, I found myself walking, because I wanted to see all the good spots while I was out there. And I was just sitting by uh, a lake where it, where it met the beach, just out of Yipoon, uh, about five in the morning. And a, and a big girly man walked past with his old dog, and we got to chatting. And within five minutes, I was I was in his sort of little cabin, having a cup of tea, going through family photos, and he told me the story of because um, he was a builder by trade, and he told me the story of how he found these two sort of uh, kids in a in a house he was about to pull down. And tracked down their father who was uh, having mental health episodes under a bridge. And he took the kids in and got some, got some public housing for the dad. Um, and the kids stayed with him forever and he never denied them their father. And, you know, then he retired and became an, a, a, an emu farm builder. Um, and it made me realize that everybody has a story and there's people out there sort of doing things, bettering their communities, helping others. Easing the paths of others, and we don't really know a lot about them. Um, and so Max inspired inspired us to to write those stories. He was he was the first one.
0: And and you sort of started telling those stories almost at the end of each day. You would, you'd you'd uh, sit around with, with Sam and all the all the crew and and just have a chat about the people you'd met that day who uh, inadvertently were the heroes in the story.
3: Yeah, correct. And there are so many people thanking us for what we did and sort of sort of putting what we do on a pedestal when when they're doing the same thing too. Um, so I just, I couldn't help but write them all down and yeah, I'd read them out of the night. I realised pretty quickly that um, they were just as sort of inspired and interested by by these people as I was. Um, so I started putting them on social media uh, to start with. People reading them there loved them too. And then Sam sort of joined in and we, we put the book together.
0: It has a snowball effect, doesn't it? Once you it, it, it starts to g- sort of gather its own momentum.
3: Yeah, it did. And it happened organically. It wasn't, it wasn't a plan. It just it just sort of developed. When we we're sort of getting light on people sort of to write about, we would do a call out through the Love Your Sister charity website and get people to dob in heroes. And so we just sort of got flooded with emails about people that they knew that were going over and above and we'd get in touch with them and, and off it went from there.
0: Because nine times out of ten, if not 9.9 times out of ten, they're the kind of people who sort of uh, look down at the ground, shuffle their feet around and say, oh, uh, I don't do anything really special.
3: That's right. That's right. Yeah, they've usually got kind eyes. They're quiet. They stand to the side. Um, they don't pat themselves on the back and they're not doing it to get patted on the back. But at the same time, you know, I think it's important we shine a light shine a light on what these amazing everyday Australians do.
0: For, for me, many of the things that uh, the stories tell is about that connection, that human connection that we get so lost in the corporate world and so lost in our busy kind of day-to-day world. There's a human connection with the, the way these people go about what they've done.
3: It's usually from some sort of personal experience they've had um, and they follow a path and try and provide others in the community uh, something that they wish they'd had. And it's also a testament to us all walking around saying, oh, we're so busy, we're so busy. Everybody's busy, but some people are finding the time.
0: Yeah, you can be busy, but you don't have to be oblivious. That's right. Um, and, there's, and I can't remember in the, who in the book it was. I think it might have been the train station lady who said she she looks at all the faces that that, that she sort of comes in contact with, but she doesn't actually look at their faces. She's looking into their eyes.
3: Straight into their eyes. Yeah, and she, she goes about making everybody's day a bit brighter, uh, working on a train platform, um, helping the homeless around her that she sees. Uh, there was an ex-prisoner that she helped sort of teach how to use a mobile phone and yeah. try and apply for jobs. Yeah, I mean, just what, what a terrific woman Sharon is.
0: Hilda, which one's got to you the most? Which of the stories that kind of touched your heart the most in the in the book?
3: Well, I suppose I suppose every story does in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And each one's different because it's quite a cross-section of society. Uh, The most consistent hero sort of springs to mind. Uh, There was a a woman who'd lost her five-year-old daughter to cancer and her neighbour Carol knocked on the door a couple of weeks later and gave her a plant. And it was just a small gesture. Um, But last year was the 22nd year in a row that Carol's brought around a plant for the family. Just to remind them that they're not alone in their grief and their loss and that somebody's still thinking about them. And that meant a lot to Cynthia and the family and they've grown really close. So it, do- it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a small thing because because everything matters. You know, those small gestures are just as important as, as sort of fighting fires and sort of being on the front line. Yeah. Um, and I'm not detracting from them at all because their stories are also uh, part of my heart. You know, uh, Simon the fireman who, who fought the Kew Cottage's fires you know, back in the 90s, yep. uh, just sort of ripped your heart out, really. But at the same time, he's used that experience to teach the younger firefighters coming through because he calls himself a crusty old firefighter now, <laughs> um, you know, that they don't, have to, they don't have to see things they don't have to see and that it's okay to be affected by it and to find someone to talk to. So, yeah, each, each and every person has touched me in some way.
0: 2020 is going to be a year that we look back on in in various ways in in, in you know with all sorts of different uh, viewpoints a book like mm. this kind of uh, if you're if you're in the middle of, of you know whatever it is that 2020 has done to your life you pick up a book like this and you start to read it and it, it gives you it's a bloody great uh, reality check and a great perspective uh, sort of adjustment
3: it is uh, it shows that there's hope it shows that there are people out there sort of trying to help. Um, And it also shows that you can be one of
0: those people too. What are you hoping people who pick the book up and read it will get out of the book?
3: Well, first of all, I hope that they're inspired by the efforts of others and also realise that they can do something. You know, everybody can help in some way. Find the cause that's sort of always been a passion of yours and just make those steps to join community groups, to go to fundraisers and participate. Because it's it, you get ten times more out of it than you get.
0: Yeah, uh, is this the tip of the iceberg of the of the stories that uh, that you've tapped into?
3: Oh, certainly. I mean, it was very hard to to narrow narrow down to one book. In the end, it just sort of came down to having you know trying to have some balance, and the publishers helped with that. But yeah, I mean, it could, it could have been fifty four phone books thick. And <laughs> um,
0: well, there's about forty. I, I think there's forty stories in this book, or thereabouts.
3: And because it's such a cross section. You know, I think people will be able to tap, in, tap into something that, that affects them and reminds them of something in their family because every family has been touched by something, you know, whether it's uh, bushfires, you know, I mean, COVID at the moment, obviously, whether it's cancer. It doesn't matter what it is, mental mental health issues. Everybody has something in their family that they're witnessing and seeing the effects of. And hopefully, hopefully this book shows that, that you can just take that extra step and, and help.
0: Yeah. Um, your brother calls you, uh, he refers to you as our hero, uh, as being the hero of, of, of your family. Do you, do you feel that?
3: Oh, I mean, look, I'm, I'm 10 years older and uh, we lost our mum quite young. Yeah. So, um, so I've, I've sort of, you know, the role, the role of big sister's been a role I've embraced and taken very seriously um, but enjoyed immensely. And um, you know, where where our parents are gone, so I'm the oldest one in the family, and and um, yeah, I certainly certainly do the best I can to sort of maintain the sort of ethic that we were taught by our parents, and to do the best we can for others.
0: Your your other book, The Loudness of Unsaid Things, was a, a deeply yeah. a, a, a deeply personal book that you wrote. Did the, did that? sort of show Sam and, and, and your family and the people around you what you'd been through? Is that, was that part of the, the reason for doing that one?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I sort of did it uh, for myself because it was quite cathartic. But Sam, Sam Sam said to me once that he got to know his mother by reading it and, um, you know, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, deeply personal book but, you know, subjects that should be on the table. Yeah. You know, suicide, mental health and sort of the effect it has on the family. Um, it should be on the table, and I did it in a sort of light, sort of funny but confrontational way. Yeah, yeah, I hope people enjoyed it.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Heroes Next Door is the, is the book we're talking about. Uh, it, it's, it, it touches, it, I mean, it ticks all the kind of emotional boxes uh, in, a, in a beautiful and, and really sensitive way, so congratulations on, uh, on being able to do that because that's not easy.
3: No, not easy. Uh, we worked very hard,
0: and we're incredibly proud. Yep, absolutely. What's next?
3: Oh, <laughs> oh I'm right. I, yeah! I'm, I'm writing my next novel as we speak. Got a new li- new leading lady living in my head at the moment.
1: Oh. Um,
3: yeah, so I'm enjoying that. And uh, aside from that, uh, love your sister. Wise, we've done letters in the past. We had a dear Santa book and a dear dad book.
0: Yeah, yeah, great.
3: And moves. yeah, and next Mother's Day we're working on dear mum.
0: Oh yeah, nice. So
3: so all systems go.
0: And uh, and how Sam going?
3: Oh, he's fabulous. I'm missing him a bit. He's in northern New South Wales filming at the moment. Um, yep. So I'm missing him, but we're talking all the time. Uh, we're spending hours on the phone and, yeah, he, he, he's doing terrifically well and enjoying life up there at the moment.
0: Very good. Uh, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Congratulations on the book. It's a, it's a really delightful read and a very inspiring read and uh, you, you've done enormously well to, to, to get it out and, uh, and to tell those stories. Well done.
3: Thank you very much.
0: It's a great book. It uh, fits the category of... Really uplifting, inspiring, great Christmas reading. If you want a book that you can pick up and read, uh, you know, for 10 minutes and feel really good about the world, uh, that's the book, Heroes Next Door. It's out and about with thanks to uh, Hashett Publishing. So grab a copy of that. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to uh, the illustrator uh, behind Kevin Sheedy's book, and this is such an enormous part of this book is the illustrations, and his name is Michael Weldon. Uh, And uh, let's uh, let's give him uh, a chance to have his say on his contribution to this uh, terrific book with Kevin Sheedy. Michael, we've uh, just spoken to uh, Kevin Sheedy who uh, sings your praises. Uh, was this a bit of fun, uh, this book for you to do? Oh, yeah, this was a lot
2: of fun. For I'm a big fan of footy, which I think you would have to be to do this book. It was a lot of fun to do. The publisher had a lot of faith in me, so they gave me a lot of free reign to do what I wanted to do, but obviously based on what was in Kevin's stories.
0: Well, it's a great little canvas to work with, isn't it? Because they're all so different. There's 30 of them to work with, as, and then you add Kevin on top of that. Um, yeah. You've gone through and beautifully picked out some, some lovely idiosyncrasies about them as people and as, and as sportsmen.
2: Some of them were probably easier to do than others in that regard. Um, I think one of the difficulties that I found is that when you're drawing people, it's easier to draw people that have physical idiosyncrasies, whatever, like somebody like Kevin Bartlett. Yep. He's brilliant <laughs> to draw.
0: Someone like Sam Mitchell, I mean, who is—he's exactly what you talk about. He's a good-looking young rooster, uh, you yeah. know. Everything's right, so you had to find some little thing to to kind of hook in there, and you've and you found beautifully the amount of doors that he had to yeah. to open to were uh, to be able to get yeah. to get in, in into the game.
2: Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, Kevin's story there really did make it very easy to uh, to come up with the visual imagery for that one. But I think Sam was probably the classic example of. Somebody that's difficult to draw because they're so good looking and so <laughs> flawless in a way, you know. So you have to, you're trying to find something to, to latch onto physically. And um, so I guess I, with, with him, I went for that big smile and then just followed Kevin's story about him smashing through the
0: doors. And Jack Rewald, I like what you've done with Jack as well.
2: Yeah, that was a great story, um, you know, based on, on him singing with the band after the, the grand final. when The Killers played. And I thought it was really funny because, you know, you could imagine the singer of The Killers being there and probably not knowing anything about Aussie rules and suddenly having some massive guy plowing his knee into his neck. It would have come quite as quite a shock to him, you know, had that actually happened.
0: I'm not sure that this is uh, statistically correct, and I know there's statistics in the in the book, but uh, this I, I think this would probably be one of the first uh, football books where uh, the both the the male and the and the female version of the game have come together.
2: I'd say you're probably right. I think it's probably really pushing the boundaries in that regard, and, yeah. and you've got to respect Kevin for doing that. You know, and sort of not dividing the two up, not not speaking about them as though they were separate things, but speaking about them as though they were the same thing. Um, you mentioned
0: you're a footy fan. Who do you barrack for, Michael?
2: I'm a Bulldogs fan.
0: Oh, good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> good to hear. Well, Caleb Daniels is a, is a wonderful little uh, story and, a, and just a wonderful yeah. little human being.
2: When I got the um, copy from the publisher, I found, you know, the Bond and Caleb Daniel in there, and I they were the first two that I did. I thought, I'm going to sink my teeth into these two straight away. So, yeah, they were um, ones that, that meant a lot
0: to me personally. To
2: yeah.
0: And what, what's the process that you go through? Do you, did you read Kevin's story? Did you then talk to Kevin or did you just go off and on your own little kind of tangent and work out what you want to yeah. do and then bring back kind of like a, a, a chalk outline of what you what you've proposed?
2: They pretty much gave me free reign because I've worked with a publisher before and they're a fabulous publisher to work with. Yep. They gave me Kevin's stories, which hadn't – been fully fleshed out yet so there were a few changes that had to be made later on but they generally gave me the idea of what Kevin wanted to talk about in the story I think there might have been one or two where they asked me to change things later on because the story had changed a bit in the telling but but on the whole they just said you know, we, we, we think you know what you're can, what you doing, we trust you, so so go for it in that regard.
0: Yeah. I would imagine you'll get some uh, some feedback from some of the people. I think Robert Dippier Domenico is someone who won't be backward and coming forward, and he'll be delighted, I would have thought, with what you've done with him.
2: Well, that would be a thrill if he was. Um, he is one of those people who is very easy to draw. You can draw him with your eyes closed virtually. <laughs> yes. I've actually drawn him before for, for some other publications, and um, he is really easy to draw. He's a I'm not I'm not a caricaturist, I'm an illustrator, but he's an illustrator's dream to draw. There's so much to hang your hat on with him.
0: What's the difference there? What's that fine line between an illustrator and a caricaturist?
2: I guess with a caricaturist you really are accentuating person a person's characteristics sort of to a really large degree. Yeah. Whereas with, with what I'm doing, I'm I'm trying to make it look like them but but in a sort of a cartoon sense. Yeah. Which I mean to a lot of people they might say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see a difference. But to me, there's a big difference between those two things.
0: No, there is. There's an enormous difference between those two things. You yeah. would you would accentuate someone's ears or someone's nose or someone's yeah. or whatever it is. That, uh, yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. no. It's uh, look, you've done a terrific job. It certainly captures the spirit of the of what uh, Kevin wanted in the book, and uh, and mm. I can't imagine the book not having it in, if you know what I mean. So it's such an integral yeah. part of, of what the book actually has turned out to be. Well,
2: that's great to hear, Kevin. I'm I'm very grateful. No, saying
0: that. I envy the uh, the abilities of footballers to be able to do what they do, and I absolutely envy the ability of anyone who can draw. I'm a stick figure person, and what you what you do is uh, is is bloody brilliant. And uh, you've done a great oh. job in this book, and continued success to you. I hope you get the the credit for this that you deserve because it is such such a very important part of uh, of what, how this book makes you feel is is what you've uh, contributed to it.
2: Very nice of you to say, Kevin. I appreciate that very much.
0: No, sincerely, I mean that. It's uh, it's terrific. I, I I think it's a really lovely book. It's it's a book that's um, and I said this to Kevin when I spoke to him. It's a book that's kind of taken me back to me as a kid, and I'm sure that's what yeah. it will do with everybody else. And and that your illustrations are, are, are like the footy cards I used to have. Uh, mm. that, that's yeah. what that's what they look like to me.
2: I I think that's a really great point. I um, I still do feel that way about footy to yeah. a large extent. You know, um, you probably might be able to tell I'm, I'm an immigrant person. I've come from England originally, but, but I came out here when I was a kid, so I was young enough to um, have that real childhood um, dream-like appreciation of the game, you know? Yep. Yep. And uh, and I still do love to think of it in that regard, instead no. of the, all the, the politics that, that are often involved. Yeah, in the absolutely. The
0: politics, yeah. the corporate to take over, all that stuff. Forget all yep. that. At the end of the day, it's about watching someone going out and kick a footy and doing some special things. Yep. That's, that's still yep. in all of us, I hope. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, good. Good on you, Michael. Thanks so much for your time.
2: Thank you very much, Kevin. Lovely to talk to you. No,
0: you too. Our Heroes theme comes to a close and uh, it is a couple of terrific books. I recommend both very highly. Uh, I've read them both uh, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed them uh, for totally different reasons, but they are really good books. Kevin Shitty's Heroes of Footy is available now. 30 Dreamers and Trailblazers Who Shape Our Game uh, with the illustrations by Michael Weldon. So put that one on your, uh, on your Christmas shopping list and put Heroes Next Door by Samuel Johnson and Hilda Hinton on the list as well. Uh, A couple of good books to have uh, as part of your little portfolio for Christmas, I think. Uh, Thanks for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. once again, thanks to our terrific supporters uh, at CS Consulting Group. If you are working out what you're going to do financially in uh, 2021 and you need some help, here's where you go, cscg.com.au. They will help you out. You can give them a call on 03-9974-8333, 9974-8333. They will look after you. They're terrific people. And if you're sitting down working out what you're going to do with your money or how you can get more or how you can make more out of the money that you've got, uh, that, that's who you should be talking to, cscg.com.au. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of our Heroes Edition of uh, of our, our podcast. Uh, Till the next time, authorized i I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care, guys.